0: Hey guys, thanks for joining the Football Almost Daily podcast. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you may be listening to this. I am Steve. This is the Football Almost Daily podcast where we talk about FPL, Premier League, and uh, in the real world and in the fantasy land. And alongside me, as always, is my co-hosting Belend, a legend, uh, <laughs> Ian. Bell how legend. are you today? Yeah, really
1: well. Yeah. Like, uh, I think last week didn't go too badly. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of on a mini high, I think. A mini high? Yeah. That's like,
0: it's quite a long high if it's lasted until Tuesday.
1: Yeah, well, compared to last week where it was, or oh, sorry, the week before, where uh, I was on that really downward slope because of uh, Son, uh, yeah. I was kind of reveling in the fact that I'm above average this week.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that um, for the majority of the FPL players, the the funeral march music is playing loudly around their captaincy picks this week because uh, it was, to be honest, everybody that we knew um, had a a stinky, stinky captaincy. I don't think
1: anyone got it right Uh, today. It
0: it just got progressively worse. I think the people who had Timo Werner on Saturday were crying because he only got like two points and doubled to four. And then the people who had Son or Kane on Sunday, I mean, Kane didn't do so badly, but Son... um, Hit the bar, the post. Uh, Dyer missed an open goal from a a lovely cross in from him and then he was subbed off injured at half-time. So you went from Werner's four to Sons' two to uh, later on Sunday to Jimenez (laughs) against West Ham and he got a big fat zero. So, um, yeah, disaster all round. There were one or two people who went different ways. As we said, Harry Kane, uh, Danny Ings... um, there was one person in our own particular league who went for Danny Ings and got a, a, a sizable chunk. But apart from that, yeah, it was a horrible, horrible captain week and a very mediocre week. Mm. Pretty much across the board but it was nice that a lot of people suffered
1: I think that's what I've seen on Twitter as well that it's just like it was a shit week for everyone it's not just like a couple of people
0: I I think after week one everyone went with Mr. Reliability Kevin De Bruyne didn't they you know thought well hmm, week one a goal and an assist he looks like he's picking up pretty much where he's left off he's I mean I've said on this show before he is guaranteed points and across the season if you're going to pull in and look at it as a season wide game and uh, a consistent performer that you're going to have all the way through. I mean, you can't beat Kevin De Bruyne, but this weekend was not KDB's
1: finest Now, mm. I think for the money, yeah. And then if you average it out for every week over the season, he definitely makes sense. Same Absolutely. as um, Trent, really, isn't it? Like, for the money, he's a lot, but for the average of points yep. you're going to get, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, it's after... I mean, after three weeks, it seems it is all about the front men, isn't it? It's all about the front men. It's goals, goals, goals. I mean, you can have a, a real selection. We actually thought at the start of the season that with people being moved back, some, some of the forward stars of uh, the front positions last season being pushed back into midfield um, would uh, uh, create this sort of... Everybody was talking about the template where you had four five one. You got as many midfielders in as you could. But actually, it has been the front men. Uh, Patrick Bamford, Danny Ings, Jimenez, if you take out this week, of course. Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, classed as a front man. Um, he's got a couple of assists and a goal. Uh, it's,
1: yeah, it's... I think people were just going from... Well, like we said before we start recording, like last season, where the template was almost really strong defenders, really strong midfielders, and we didn't really have many strikers. It's yeah. then kind of flipped to you need mid- midfielders and you need the strikers. But Absolutely. then it's, it's the tough, because who the fuck do you pick? Well, in the it's striking over run, the of course,
0: we've got the two big names as well. The big heavy money hitters that are fit at the minute, and that's Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy. Harry Kane is the assist king at the minute. I thought there was a reason why not Vardy to get Vardy. Vardy is the goal-scoring king. Uh, Vardy has a slight injury this week, so right. it's possibly better to leave him out. I think if you're picking a fresh forward this week, um, it seems like it probably should be... Um, Dominic Calvert Lewin, with the fact that he is just on fire at the minute. But I think Fulham are appalling at the back at the moment. And I mean, unless they sort something out, they are going to be the unfortunately the Norwich City of this year where you're going to be p- pulling in whoever's striker is facing Fulham because they are all over the shop. And at that, this week it is Raul Jimenez. So if you were thinking he got me zero points last season, I'm really pissed off. I'm getting rid of the Jimenez. I actually would urge you to how think many, again. Does it say how many people have transferred him out? Where is um, the... It will say on the site, yes, it does uh, say, you know, about your top transfers out and stuff. I'd imagine Son's going to be there because of his injury. He looks highly Let's unlikely have a quick to look. play the next uh, game. It is
1: Son, Werner, Martial, Mitrovic and Aubameyang.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised shit. to see Timo Van ago. He's he's energetic, he looks good, he looks as though he's gonna be a star. Kai Havertz has had a very, very slow start. He did get an assist the other day. Um, but otherwise it, it has been a slow introduction for him. Yeah, I think it's it's all up top at the minute. Danny Ings has got a nice run. Raul Jimenez has got a nice run. Calvert-Lewin seems to be scoring against anybody, although he's, there is the big Merseyside derby, but that's next week. And he's been the so most transferred in as well. So It's not surprising. Um, Castagne has been good at the back as well. And for me, I think you, uh, Castagne is 5.7 million. I think he is now. If you're looking at backline players, Tarek Lamptey, um, he's causing havoc. I mean, Brighton... Although they're letting goals in Lamptey's forward play, he's uh, won two penalties in the last three games. Um, he will be up against Luca Dini this weekend, um, who in himself has done really well so far. But yeah, uh, Lampy's a hot pick at four point six million at the moment. Um, so get him in your team. For me personally, my only real success is. Um, have been Sadio Mane, Patrick Bamford, Danny Ings and Raul Jimenez. Otherwise, my team is looking pretty bad. And so this week I have decided to go for the big wild card purely because, not on a panic move. It's because you feel guilty because you've said for the last two weeks you're gonna do it. <laughs> it is also because I feel guilty about that. But uh... I have paid sufficiently for not remembering to do that wild card. Um, because in the past two weeks I've had six defenders play and that have scored a net one point. Oh, good. um, been, Yeah, it's been an absolute disaster. Uh, With that many players needing a little bit of a shift around, I think it was time this week to wildcard, have another go. I did try and just spend some points last week and, and find my way out of it that way. But the way the fixtures are falling, the way you're starting to see the players who are in form... You can't really leave it too long before if you're too many players away from that. You, for me, yeah, it's time. to I'm work, really you? tempted as well,
1: because uh, like i are saying, you've now started to see players that are performing what fixtures. They've got more of a template kind of emerging, and if you've if you're massively away from points each week, it may, it each week it makes sense. Yeah, so I I'm, mean
0: the new template for me, I don't know if you. I think it's got to be three four three. To yeah. try and get as many strikers in as you can get, um, or at worst a three-five-two. But yeah. but then I think it, I've made the mistake of which strikers, midfielders,
1: and defenders I have as a couple. There's probably about two or three I'd keep out my whole team. Yeah, and then I'd completely change the rest. So I think that a lot of people have wildcarded already, and especially last week, and they've had a massive blow to the points. Yeah, now it makes sense. Like, well, you're three weeks in, you're seeing more of what's happening. If you do it now, hopefully. You're going to capitalize on it,
0: where everyone else yeah. has kind of failed. Well, I'm glad to see some of our club by club breakdown has worked out as well because there were a few players that we've singled out that have started very well. Um, some from last season, some looking at this season. So I'm quite happy with that. Um One of them being, we said about West Brom that Dean Garner and Pereira would be the the main men in that team um, to get those in your team if you didn't so, have them already, and they have done rather well, Diangana's still five and a half, Pereira's six, they've got Southampton away and with Southampton's high, high line, um, West Brom's pacey frontman, Callum Robinson with a couple at the weekend, he's five and a half million as well and I mean if you didn't have enough choice for strikers, um, you would fancy him maybe to bag himself another goal against that Southampton back line. Uh, yeah, so that that's always nice to see. And although he hasn't started firing yet, I did pick Pedro Neto. Um, I'm hoping he's going to come good in this next run of three or four fixtures. He's still only five and a half million, um, and I think he'll get the game time now. Jotas out, uh, Triore will probably go further forward now. Semedo's in. Wolves did have an absolute catastrophe this weekend. The results did go quite the other way to what people anticipated. Um, this week, so it's you have to take that for the into account. Then. It's a very good week <laughs> for the bookies, yeah. Um, it's those guys who are still going to be the consistent across the season, though. For me, Sadio Mane, I think I'm definitely going to keep hold of him because he just looks like he's going to be consistent again, no matter who they're playing. Um, Man City haven't got so much scope to rotate, so I think. Whereas last season they were rotating quite heavily. This season you may not see quite so much of that. Seems like a, a lot, lot of their players are dropping, solid doesn't with they? their picks. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna pick your your Foden, your Mares, your De Bruyne, I think you're gonna be fairly um, fairly consistent that they're gonna play and you're not gonna look at turn it on and be like, Oh, Pep, Pep, what are you doing to me? Do you reckon it's I mean, it, it
1: shouldn't be because of the, the, the size and the amount of money that Man City have, but do you reckon it's down to the fitness levels of the players, is why they're getting injured?
0: I think he's... Um, I think if I had to analyse Man City personally as to what has gone wrong, in my opinion, it was one thing, one thing only, and that was taking Fernandinho out of midfield and putting Rodri in it. Since they did that, they have not looked anywhere near as comfortable they've not looked anywhere near as good Rodri doesn't look like he is anywhere near the quality of Fernandinho at the minute and although Fernandinho is getting older they had to make some sort of decision at the moment to me that's where it's fallen apart for Man City he was the linchpin the guy who mopped up he was almost kind of like He was a defensive midfielder and he dropped back into defence when they were moving forward and then push out into midfield. Um, He started plays. He had a hell of a shot on him. Since he moved into central defence once company went, they've lost that in midfield. I think that really unbalanced the team. And in some ways, I mean, maybe he was their most important player. Um, But they're also missing Aguero at the minute, and he is obviously their top quality goalscorer. Jesus looks as though he's decent, but he doesn't look like he's anywhere near Aguero-esque levels yet. He's not fit either, is he? Or is he injured? Um, No, he's injured at the moment. So again, I mean, it's... You can't read too heavily into it being a disaster yet, but I think there has been... There seems to have been a little bit of a, a steady... Decline of Man City's invincibility over the past sort of half a season and the start of this season and I think it is if you could pinpoint there's probably a multitude of causes causes, but pinpointing one particular thing I think it is Fernandinho being taken out of that midfield because everything was shaped around him and the way he played and he allowed the other guys Silva to create, De Bruyne to move forward all that sort of thing um, so they really need to address that almost more than their, their central problems. Um, so yeah, we have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, hopefully uh, Manchester City will um, start picking up the points again because obviously it's very difficult for us as players. Uh, when the big clubs aren't performing, when the big players aren't performing, uh, it, <laughs> you know it's pretty difficult for you to kind of look around that and be like, oh God, well, can I afford to leave KDB out? Can I afford to leave this guy out? I think at the moment, you've got to be a little more pragmatic and maybe look further afield and say outside of the Liverpool boys, and perhaps we're building this team not around Man City, not around Chelsea, not around... Arsenal, but we're building yeah. it around. There's definitely so much Teams at the moment.
1: There's so much choice, so you don't have to spend loads of money. You can get some decent players. Um, yeah. I've just found the stats for uh, wildcards. Okay. On PremierLeague.com. So, okay, so lost, game week three, yeah. Yeah. Six hundred eighty-two thousand managers played their wild card. They scored an average of forty-one points. Oh dear, that's but the horrible. average across the board for people playing the game was forty-three. So they scored below average, yeah. and then it was mm. the same game week two. So, 494,000. Average score of 58. So
0: well over a million people have already wildcarded. Yeah, says 1.2 million. Yeah. And they've not done well from it. The thing is, if you're one of those people, again, I mean, this game is fun. That's what it's about. It's about having fun with your friends and everybody else. I mean, we've covered all that. But, you know, it's about not panicking as well. Because although you might find yourself a little bit behind. And like I said, wildcarding is not a panic move. Wildcarding this week is a... Pragmatic move because my team is earning minimal points at the moment, and it has been doing so for a couple of weeks, especially at the back. And it's like you just don't know who's going to perform at the start of the season. We thought we probably had a better idea because there was such a narrow gap between the end of last season and start of this one, but it hasn't panned out that way at all. It's been completely different. So it yeah. takes its time to bed in. At the end of last season, it was all Man United. It's not all Man United this mm-hmm. season. It was all Man City. It was all KDB. It was Liverpool. At one point last season, it was Leicester. It was all Leicester, and then it faded off. Leicester tailed off, and you, everybody was dumping Leicester players at the end of last season just about as fast as they could manage it. So it is a season-long game. You have a really good idea who's going to be the most consistent. But if you have wildcarded and it's still not worked out at the moment, it's not the end of the world. Just try and judge it for the moment, fixture by fixture. Where can I pick up some points? Who's playing a team? Like this week we said if you can afford to get Jimenez in, maybe pull Jimenez in. If you don't have the scope to get Jimenez in this week, perhaps dump a midfielder and get Pedro Neto. Um, Perhaps dump a midfielder and get... Jao Moutinho, who's uh, he's quite often their set piece player, I think. So, you know, you might pick up those assist points. You might. It's just having a little mm-hmm. look around and saying, okay, well, I haven't. I don't want to spend like twelve points changing my whole team around. So, if I say that the base of my team is maybe going to get me a few points, I'll have a look at one or two other players. I think that's the biggest thing I learned
1: looking back from last season. Like the first season I played was. Uh, I was way too uh, reactive and that went against me yeah. so much. I mean, it's good sometimes when you're like, that player's on a hot streak, I'll get them in this week. And sometimes it works. But if you're too reactive and you're getting in those players that you think are like, going to continue their run and they don't, then that's when it's going to make it even worse.
0: There's, yeah, just like I say, having Jimenez this week is... You know, you the temptation would be to th- cast him aside in anger because he got no points. But just... You know it's having that settle down take a look at your team again go through if you've got the time and this is not you know i mean if you're seriously into it you probably would do this anyway but just have a look at your team reassess what their upcoming fixtures are look at where you think okay like if i brought um, a different striker in this week? Are they going to have this week they've got a really good game and then they've got like Man City, Liverpool, Everton or something mm. the next few games. You know, oh God, you know. I think try so, to remember why you got the players in the
1: first place as well because there must have been a reason. Yeah. So what's that reason you got them in? Is it just they've had two bad weeks because there's another fucking load of weeks left? They might yeah. change it. Like? I
0: mean, unfortunately, my defenders are either <laughs> in and out of the team or they're not performing. So it's like, well... You know, I've given them three weeks now where I haven't changed my defenders. They've had three game weeks and they've been appalling. So it's like, it's not even like I can pick one or two defenders and say, well, at least he's been all right, so I'll hang on to him. It is all of the defenders that I've picked have been really bad. Now, one or two of them were a punt, but Doherty was a top performer last season. Lascelles was a top performer last season. You know... Um, ben White was a hot pick for this season uh, it's just not panned out you have to say okay it, it didn't pan out I picked those guys it didn't pan out I'd, I'm not surprised that a lot of people wildcard early on because that's you know I mean it's difficult unless you have a bunch of injuries there's not really going to be a lot of need for you to wild card as you go on because you're going to be getting into the season and seeing who the performers are I mean, I, I really didn't know when to use my January wildcard mm-hmm. last year because I thought, I've got a really good team now. I know who the performers are. I know who I've been bringing in. Did you look for the last week or second from last
1: week to capitalise on fixtures or something?
0: Yeah, like I like? think I played free hit later on. I kept all my oh okay things. So you don't need to, like, people triple captain in, free hit in. Bench boosting at this stage just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think you have to keep it. For as long as you can. But that wild card, I didn't really have any need to change my whole team is what I mean. Yeah. Like they were all performing to some degree and it was easier to save up the two transfers and then spend two transfers if I needed to. You don't, so don't have like to
1: use it, do you? I think that's what people forget, like well, no,
0: so there, you don't have to use it if your team's doing well. Absolutely. So but I think if you if you're early on in the season and you've had now three game weeks and you're thinking, well, actually, my team has been absolute dog shit so far. I need to make like eight changes. Then obviously you might as well just use your wild card. Keep the points you've got so far. Use the wild card. Make those changes. But be sensible about who you're going to pull in over the next few fixtures. Um, Yeah. Have a look who's doing well. Who's doing well now? Why are they doing well? What sort of teams are they doing well against? Um, you know and what sort of teams are conceding a lot of goals I mean it seems Leeds are doing alright their goalie was really good the other day but they've been conceding a lot of goals the first couple of games West Brom have conceded a lot of goals Fulham have to be honest Man City have now but yeah. <laughs> you know but it's going to be a really open game this week between Man City and Leeds and I just hate to kind of try and call what's going to happen there it's a bit of a tough one I kind of hope Leeds win because that would be just amazing how can you hope Leeds win as a Man United fan you're just it, a baffling you're, you're a <laughs> contradiction in terms you? for the uh, how amazing it will be
1: he's <laughs> <laughs> like a fan of
0: all the teams like. I
1: don't know I just think it would be nice for Man City to lose
0: I like all the teams that are doing well and I hate all the teams that are doing shit what no. about Everton how long is it till you're an Everton fan don't know, probably a couple of games yeah, yeah. They, top? Couple, they, second, couple, they Yeah, a couple more wins and you'll be firmly <laughs> you'll I'll come round and you'll be in the blue shirt. Hell
1: yeah.
0: Let's have a little look at the games this week then, shall we? For people say so, it's wrapped up in two days as well. Yeah, a real tough one. Chelsea Palace. I mean um I'm really annoyed because I called Chelsea's comeback from 3 0 down. I I said to my wife it'll be 3 3. And uh, it was, so I was really pissed off that I didn't put any money on that. But um, it's always the way, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what odds that I got. You got like forty to one or something on it being three three. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they're at home to Palace, who, although they conceded against Everton, at least uh, they conceded two goals. But one of those goals was absolute horseshit, um, which is a nice segue into this bananas handball rule, which. Is, is it going what, to become very difficult for people to get points consistently out of defenders, unless those defenders are getting attacking points? What is the new rule, because I haven't actually... Well, basically, it's... Um, if it hits you anywhere on the arm... If it hits your, your hand in the box, I mean, in your hand... I don't know how you can avoid it. I mean, judging by the ones this weekend, I mean, there's the, the rules state about your hands being away from the body, etc., etc., but the Palace one this weekend, his hands were by his side. I mean, the Lindelof one last week, he was in full flight running. Hmm. Uh, the Eric Dyer one, he wasn't even looking at the ball. So it's literally, um, if it touches the defender's hand, it's a penalty. It's pretty much, so they're sending how... it down to pitch side, and the refs are going and having a look. And here's the problem, because the pressure is on the refs, and the refs know, if I give a penalty, I'm not going to get any comeback, because it has hit his hand in the box. If I don't give a penalty because I use my common sense, I leave myself open to being slaughtered. And the trouble is, in the game, everybody's demanding consistency over decisions. But this is a consistently bad decision and a consistently (laughs) bad interpretation of the rule. And in fantasy terms, it's going to start making it impossible because if a ball gets flicked into the box and hits a hand, it's a penalty. And then you're looking at... I, I bet you this season we're going to see the lowest net so long as that rules in place.
1: So what for you're saying out out
0: defenders who don't get many attacking. Fill points. Fill your team with people that take penalties. You need to fill your team in <laughs> in terms of defenders. I would be looking to get people in my teams that are going to get attacking points. So you you're looking mainly at fallbacks. You know. Yeah. You want the the defensive points the the people who are going to pick up the headers. I mean people like Lewis Dunk have had really good past few seasons but I can see him having like a low scoring season you're going to start seeing the centre halves filtering down further and further away from the top scores because obviously if they give away a penalty and then it leads to a goal and then you know they're going to start losing points they probably get booked for that as well it's really bad mm-hmm. um, What's the and it's start- playing havoc with fantasy because it could be any team Anyone, yeah. in any game. What's so, to stop strikers being really cheeky and trying to
1: chip the ball up to hit defenders on? Nothing. So you could you could see people start doing that?
0: They are. I think they really are. Every time the
1: ball hits a hand in the penalty box, they claim.
0: Because they think, well, I'm going to get a penalty. Yeah. But, but if
1: you're like a striker and you're running towards the box, or you're in the box, and there's like six defenders, or whatever, yeah, six people defending in front of you, just chip the ball up.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. They're going to start stopping, stepping on the ball, the defender's going to be in the box wait in which way he's going to go and he's just going to flick the ball yeah, up yeah. and try and flick it into his hand. Yep. And the refs are going to give a penalty. I mean, this all started in the 2018 World Cup with VAR and it started in the World Cup final. An absolutely ludicrous handball given against Croatia. Uh, against Ivan Perisic. He wasn't even looking at the bloody <laughs> ball. It hit him yep. from like millimetres away. It was ridiculous. So this is going going to become the new day. diving. Yeah, well, since then, they've gone through a few iterations of the handball law. But this season, they've settled on this. And FIFA has said, if you're using VAR, you've all got to be, you know, you've all got to do it across the board, implement the same laws. I mean, I think it's really... I know, what I I was watching Graham Sooners the other day, and he said that it was good for the spectacle. I mean, I don't know what you guys think at home. Who are sitting watching it? Certainly, if you're a fan of a Premier League team, you're probably going to applaud the ones that go for you and hate the ones that go against. You. So, but spectacle is in; it builds up suspense because one team will get a penalty, probably score. Well, sooner it it- said, he was trying to understand the decision makers, like why they made this decision, and in his opinion, it's for entertainment because people want to see. They equate entertainment with goals, and. You know, they showed a stat. They said last season this law was in, in Serie A and La Liga and there were the Premier League had nineteen penalties given for handball last season. La Liga had forty eight, I think. Oh. And Serie A had fifty two. And they said already this season, um well, they had you've like had six. six penalties given for handball when at this stage last season you had none. Yeah. so it's already impacting on the game but from a fantasy perspective you're always living on a knife edge that one of your guys however good they may be is going to be a judge to have handled the ball in the box Um, so that makes it a lot more difficult but the best defenders at the minute there have been so many goals the best defenders at the minute Um, apart from Aston Villa's two opening clean sheets have moreover been about what they offer attacking. Um, so there is a kind of mix to be had there. And people obviously know that, you know, you get more attacking points for a defender. That's why everyone picked John Lundstrom last season. This yeah. is a defender, but he's playing in midfield. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm saying, you know, just Justin, Lamptey, Walker-Peters, these guys, they're, you know, and if you've got the money, the, your Trents, Robertsons, etc., Because... That's where they're going to get points. That's where you're going to get points as a defender. That's where we're seeing those defenders getting points. Um, so yeah, that's really the tip to everybody. You'd see who's also getting those attacking stats from defence. Because and that's going takers. to probably be more critical than any other season for so long as this handball rule stays in. It's total bollocks. Get some penalty takers as well. Uh, well, it's not very often defenders are penalty takers. Oh, I just meant um,
1: anyone else in the team. If you can pick the penalty takers over the non penalty yep. takers, that's going to get Precisely.
0: you. Precisely. To- if you're picking, if there's going to be a lot more penalties awarded, then you want the penalty takers in, in the team, or at least one or two of them. Uh, because, yeah, that's where they're going to pick up some extra goals and some extra points. Shocking. Yeah. So uh, yeah, for us, that's our tips this week. You want your attack, look at your attacking stats, fallbacks, your forwards, you want to look at their fixtures. They've got a really good run. There's quite a litany of forwards that you can put in the mix together, Um, but you want to be stacked up top. You want your midfield, um, if possible, to have penalty takers, as we're saying, and you want your defence to, your defenders, whoever you're picking in defence, to have some, decent early attacking stats because that's where they're going to pick up more of their points Um, good tips yeah so uh, what were we saying we said uh, Dean is expensive but I think Walker-Peters and Lank have done well, Justin's obviously still cheap Um, I wouldn't say this all started from Chelsea versus Palace that was only the first fixture that we were covering but um, yeah, (laughs) it's a very difficult one at the moment Uh, if we go back to it um yeah Chelsea versus Palace you'd say at the moment Palace is again their back line has been pretty good Chelsea have looked rough at the back at times you can imagine Wolf Sahar getting in there he's had a fairly good start to the season but he's a few bob Jordan Ayew was a good bet last season but his price has increased quite a lot um so for me I, I think it's still the 4.1 million Mitchell is uh, still a good bet, because he's still playing, uh, Palace still look mean at the back, the goalkeeper as well, Gaeta. Uh, for Chelsea, it's hard to know where to go, because, um, Jorginho seems to be out of the team, he was a really good, there's no standouts yet, is there? No, well he was a good buy, because of his penalty taking, um, he's got a really high conversion rate, he's only missed one, which was last time out, against Liverpool, but, um, but he's there's talk around his future. So you're like, well, is he is he going to be playing against Palace at the weekend? Uh, Hudson Adoy had a good game last time out. Whether Frank Lampard will look to start him this week, I think he's somewhere in the eight million pound range. Um, but for me, if you're going for someone from Chelsea, the standout performer outside of any of them is Mason Mount. Um, he was superb last season. I think he's had a really good start this season. Six point nine million. I would say that he is a good bet to get in the team. Uh, next up, we've got Everton against Brighton. Everton obviously up top. Rodriguez has been super, but he hasn't been pulling in the mega points that you'd want. Actually, the two guys pulling in the big points at the minute have been Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Richarlison's at 8 million. Calvert-Lewin's about 7.4, I think, at the moment. Um, so that really is... You've you've got to be looking at that for Everton. At the back, Luca Dina's... Um, Set-piece taken has has caused some trouble and he's got extra points off that. He is a little pricey at 6.1, I think. Um, But worth it by the looks of things for his attacking stats. Um, However, you might find better, you know, elsewhere. Brighton, uh, they've had a really good start. They look good against Man United. United were very lucky to go away with the three points in that game. Mopay has been super up top. Another striker in form at the moment. He's six and a half million. Um, Jordan Pickford still looks as though he's a bit all at sea at times. The Everton back line doesn't look the strongest in terms of keeping goals out. Uh, The way Brighton play, they do leave spaces in and around at the back, though. They did against Manchester United, and so you think the front three will get some serious joy there. Do you Um, think Everton goals? I think Everton goals. uh, I think, though... Tarek Lamptey, 4.6 million. Although Brighton look likely to concede. Lamptey's attacking stats have been really good. And he's uh, won a couple of penalties the last few games. So he is worth a punt. Definitely. Uh, Otherwise, uh, I actually like Leandro Trossard. I think he's one of their better attacking players. He's been unfortunate not to have any more than one goal so far. But he's 6 million, so it is a little bit pricey. But he is classed as a forward. Um, I did pick him before the season to do well I think it, like I say in term, I don't think it's a bit like Hammers Rodriguez the points haven't reflected the actual start that he's made and the influence on the team that he's got so that's one there uh, Leeds against Man City uh, Leeds obviously I've got Patrick Bamford who's in form He scored a goal in each of his first three games so 5.8 million he's a bit of a steal Camel Click is a penalty taker uh, 5.6 million and Man City gave three away the other day. So, that so could expect be lots little, of
1: goals.
0: Yeah, there, I think there's lots of goals definitely in that one. Uh Meslier in goal had a his four and a half million, had a great run out last time. Will he be able to stop the Man City forward line? I don't think so. I think that could probably be a high scoring game on both sides there. So attacking stats. Uh Mares is about eight point four million. I think could probably retain his place in the starting lineup. Um Kevin De Bruyne you can't write him off for two or three games running. He's obviously a lot of money, but we'll have to go for his consistency there. Um, Up top, uh, Young Delap. Will he get a start? Will he play? I don't know. He looked as though he was a little bit nervous last time out, but if there's a defence to start him against, why not Leeds? Oh, and he's super cheap as well. He is very cheap, and I think Pep has shown a willingness Perhaps to play him over the next few games oh so, that's
1: such a good pun he's uh, owned by
0: 0.8% absolutely so he's is 4.5 million I'm going to get him, um, get him. Yeah, I think Raheem Sterling looked much more comfortable when he's out wide so I think that you could well see him start in that game Lapp, um, against the Leeds back line because he offers something different, he's big, he's powerful and uh, he offers a presence in the box that Raheem Sterling doesn't. Yep, so there we go. Uh, Sterling's expensive. I don't think he scored this season. Uh, I might be wrong. So I'd avoid him. Newcastle at home to Burnley. Burnley's back line. They're still missing their two influential centre-halves. And I think that has definitely contributed to the fact that Nick Pope has not had such a good start this season. Uh, ben and Mientarkowski out at the moment for an indeterminate period of time, as far as I know. Newcastle. They Spurs had a lot of chances, should have won the game, but Newcastle seemed to have a different sort of resilience, a bit more steel about him this season. And Callum Wilson is a bit of a handful up front. Uh, again, it's down to the strikers. But if you're backing somebody in midfield, a lot of talk was about some maximum before the season began. Before the season began, I was much more on the on board with Almiron. I'm still on board with Almiron. I think he's somewhere five point six or five point nine million. He would definitely be a pick for me against that Burnley back line. Then we move into Sunday. Uh, Leicester City against West Ham. Leicester are sweating a little bit on the fitness of Jamie Vardy. If he doesn't play, that could influence perhaps who you are going to pick because Leicester's attack is critically focused around Jamie Vardy's Although, presence up front.
1: didn't this happen last season? And they still scored quite a lot of goals. They just Somebody else like scored. I can't remember who it was. I swear it happened. Ian
0: Atcho was playing up front before, but they've also got a knock to Dennis Pratt, who's had a really good start to the season, and he would be somebody oh. you'd want to get in because he's five and a half million. Mad- Madison's back. He looked really good against Man City. You can't back against them because of the way they play. But West yeah. Ham showed a little more resilience in the game before they played Wolves. And then against Wolves, they went all out and absolutely demolished the theory, and my theory, that they weren't going to score goals this season. They banged four of them in. Jared Bowen was on fire in that one. He'll uh, fancy his chances. But for me, I like the Leicester back line. Timothy Castagno has obviously been superb start. He's the top-ranking defender at the moment, 5.7 million. Um, on the other side, you've got young Justin, who's 4.6, I think. Both of those guys, superstars, great picks. Uh, Soyuncu and Evans are class in the centre. For me, I have dropped Kasper Schmeichel. I like him, but he's a lot of money and I thought the money could be better spent elsewhere. If you do have a bit of spare change, he's a very good pick for your goalkeeper. Uh, For West Ham, otherwise, um, Suchek causes a bit of trouble. Uh, Haller got a very important goal, so he's another striker that you might be looking at to uh, change his ways. Um, otherwise I'm not really too sure where I'd be sitting I don't think West Ham are going to keep a clean sheet Uh, so yeah I would possibly stay away from the West Ham backline as it stands yeah the shit (laughs) yes Uh, Southampton at home to West Brom we've already covered the West Brom couple of guys Diangana, Pereira uh, Robinson up front they look Pretty good there. They can't keep clean sheets, though. I doubt they're going to keep a clean sheet with Danny Ings in the opposite team. Which brings me to Southampton. Danny Ings is obviously a super pick. Che Adams has had a low key, but good start. I think it's only going to be a matter of time if you're picking him to have his first goal. This could very well be that game. James Ward-Prowse on set plays, penalties, etc., etc. Uh, McCarthy's a good bet at the back. The um, £4.5 you can't go wrong. He is a consistent Picker up of points but when it goes wrong for Southampton it tends to go very wrong so um, next match Arsenal versus Sheffield United Um, Sheffield United looked much better against Leeds they still didn't get the points they look light up top there's talk of them going for uh, Ryan Brewster from uh, Liverpool so he could be a good bet after this weekend Uh, he's four and a half million he would most likely start if he goes there Uh, Arsenal, uh, Abaniang is playing well Lacazette seems to be scoring consistently you would definitely pick him um, to be scoring up top Willian, still low, about 8.1 in terms of midfield and at the back they've had a fairly consistent time at the back at the moment Leno's looked good but I think Rob Holding seems to be consistently playing he's only 4.5 million he's a tidy little bet Uh, Wolves against Fulham now Fulham are an absolute disaster zone at the back. If you want to end up with real trouble, then get some Fulham defenders in um, if you fancy a challenge. But otherwise, if you're you know, part of the mostly sane populace, you would avoid their back line at all costs. You'd probably avoid their whole team at all costs at the minute. Um, Wolves conceded a lot in the last game. I still can't see them turning out as bad this time out. Um... Uh, Roman Saiz seems to be a, or Sais seems to be a, a hot pick for people f- due to his start. Um, I think his start was mostly around the fact that he scored a goal, though. So I can't see that he's really going to be a hot pick to still have in the team. Nelson Semedo, I'm not sure of his price, but his talents lie in attack rather than defence, um, so he could be good for an assist or two. As we said, Jeremy Tino takes their set plays. Raul Jimenez and Pedro Neto up front. Adama Traore hasn't lit up the season. He was playing right wing back. I think he's going to get that chance to play a little bit further forward again. And Fulham's back line is all over the show. So forward players for Wolves. Manchester United against Spurs. Uh, Spurs, I think, will play deep. I don't think they'll give Manchester United the space to play, so you'll be looking to Bruno Fernandes um, to create something there. He's also their penalty taker, so good That's, bet. Yeah, £10.5 Um In terms of scoring at the other end, Son is out injured this weekend, as we know, so there's going to be a bit of a creative deficiency in the Spurs I was line. To say, who else do they have that... Gareth Bale is also not ready to start yet. It's probably, I would say, it's going to be Lucas Moran's perhaps Stephen Bergwine will start that one. Oh, yeah, um, he may, crazy. he may pull a swerve and put Deli Alley back in. You never know. But for what me, was the deal with Deli Ali? Wasn't he going? I thought. I think he's, uh, he's just not in favour. I don't know if he, uh, Mourinho doesn't like his attitude or doesn't fancy him or he doesn't think he's working hard enough or he just isn't fitting in the way that he wants to play. Um, at the back, Larice is a top-priced goalie for obvious reasons. Matt Doherty has yet to fire. Um, I think when um, Region comes in, he will probably come in for Ben Davis sooner rather than later. And uh, I think he could be a good and a, a shrewd addition to anybody's team in terms of what he'll offer going forwards. Uh, otherwise, there's not really much to say for Spurs unless you've got the money to bring Harry Kane in. He has been creating a lot of assists, but that big, the big thing really has been between him and Son. Uh, Lucas Moore will obviously be a little happier now that he got on the score sheet last weekend. But otherwise, I, I don't think I think there are better options to pull in at the moment. Um, Rashford scored last week. He's not going to get the space unless Spurs are pushing forwards. I can't see it. I think they'll sit deep and they'll try and break out at speed. Um, So Manchester United, I am staying away from that game. Bar one, Bruno Fernandes. Aston Villa, two clean sheets from their first two games, but they do welcome Liverpool this week. So uh, Tyrone Mings has had an excellent start, along with a couple of other Aston Villa defenders. But for the... I mean, for the game, you cannot see Liverpool not scoring against that Villa backline. Um, Martin is, is a bit of a hot pick at the back for four and a half million, but this week, as I say, facing that Liverpool team, very difficult to see Villa getting anything out of the game. Uh, very difficult to see them not conceding. Jack Grealish looks good. John McGinn was a favourite of mine last season until he got that long term injury. He looks like he's had a really good start again. Five and a half million, he's a bit of a snip. So, uh, yeah, if you've got a little money, just a little money to play around with in that midfield, you might think about John McGinn. Although, obviously, as we said, you have to bear in mind they're playing Liverpool. Uh, Up front, Liverpool, it speaks for itself. Salah, Mane, etc, etc. At the back, Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Fantastic point scorers. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the picks for this week. I hope you can keep up with what I'm trying to say. Perhaps we can put together a little thing um, that we can put out on Twitter or something where we we say these guys are our particular, our particular likes this week. Hot picks. Hot picks. I do believe Arsenal may play Saka this week again because uh, whoever's playing down their left, I think it's Maitland-Niles. He looks leggy he doesn't look like he's up to the task of playing left wing back to me I think they might go back with Saka and he is I think uh, another one to take a punt on if you really desperately feel like you need to make up some additional points this week Um, otherwise I think that just about rounds it out how do you feel about that Ian have you anything to add to this week's luxury edition which has gone way beyond our usual (laughs) 20 minutes (laughs) half an hour
1: it's fine it's been good what Um, do you think I just think don't panic and don't worry too much yeah it's three weeks in as long as you're hitting average or around average you'll be fine it's three weeks you've got plenty of time don't do anything too stupid too rash uh think out what you're doing
0: you'll be fine yeah and that's it <laughs> well, you, you i think it. you covered everything else so. <laughs> there you have it i did i kind of run off a bit it was Get good though.
1: there should be a lot of uh good information for people
0: would I be good at doing the scores? I'd do the Jeff Stelling job. Sit there reeling the scores off like ultra quick. Yeah. <laughs> off the video printer. There we go. Perfect. Perhaps I, I, I've missed my calling. Maybe.
1: We'll have to do it one week. You can just
0: read the scores Let's out. Do what? Read them as fast <laughs> as I can and try and improve on it every single week. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's. Uh,
1: that sounds fantastic. That's how we're going to start next
0: week's episode. Yeah, I'm just going to read the scores as quickly as I can every week. Yep. Cool. All fantastic. Right. All right. Well, good luck to you guys. Hope you have a good week. Uh, if you've had a bad weekend, the good thing is fantasy speaking, or otherwise the positive thing is there's another one coming up soon. Yes. And you get the chance to do it all over again. So good luck in both the real world and the fantasy land. And we will speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.